Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. What happens when black holes devour stars and massive planets collide? Space is full of all kinds of amazing things, but when you see them hypothesize about them, you really have to go to a computer, smash things together or pull them apart to understand what's really happening in our universe. This week, cosmic collisions and galactic devouring. And now we launch into our Launchpad News segment. Favourite things of small children to do is to build something out of a building toy like Lego, maybe in a digital sense, like in Minecraft. And even could be even perhaps a city, something like SimCity. But ultimately, what you build must come down. And this is one of the earliest lessons that we learn from small blocks all the way up to more complicated things. Of course, it's pretty fun too, smashing them together and seeing what happens. Do some of them stick together? Do they break apart? How do they break apart when they smash? This is what you might start to question and understand, but on an intrinsic level, it's just plain fun. And this fascination with things smashing into each other forms a surprisingly large amount of engineering and science, whether that be improving car safety to dealing with, well, cosmic level collisions. Now, we're not talking about galaxies colliding in this particular case, though that does happen and is fascinating to itself. One of the things that we know is much more common is the collision of planets. We know the way that planets accrete in the accretion disk into larger and larger objects, forming the planets that we know through the combination of gravity and collisions and orbit mechanics. That's certainly the understanding of it on a theoretical level. But if you really want to know it, well, the best thing you can do is simulate it, making it work inside a computer and running thousands of simulations of all kinds of planets. But just exactly what you simulate and how it works needs to be based on some kind of real science. It's no good to base your simulation on just a random guess, otherwise it's nothing more than a game. That's what researchers from the University of Bristol, together with other researchers from the University of Rome, Tor Vergata and University, have been investigating. Now, this paper was published in the journal Nature. The lead author on this paper was Luca Naponiello, along with many others in this large international collaboration. But it is around an actual real planet, extrasolar planet, that has been discovered, and trying to use that as a basis of understanding how things may have formed in our universe. Now, this particular Neptune-sized planet that's denser than steel, and this is a really amazing discovery when you think about it, because Neptune is a massive gas giant. For in order to be denser than steel, its composition would have to be pretty special. This planet's name, by the way, is TOI-1853b, and its mass is about twice that of any similar sized planet. That makes its density incredibly high. It's probably not then a gas giant in the way that we would think about it. It's made up of a larger fraction of rock than you would otherwise see on something the size of what we would consider normally a gas giant, like Neptune. Now, 
these scientists led by Luca Napoliello of the University of Rome have been trying to understand how you could have something that big form. The only really logical explanation for these researches is of course collisions. Now if you have a huge amount of planetary collisions not only do you build mass but you also blow off gas could possibly remove some of those lighter parts of the atmosphere and water and just leaving a lot of rock behind. Now if you have a highly energetic collision between two planetary bodies you end up with something that end up with a lot denser. And we can see this with the example of say Earth's moon and good evidence for other smaller exoplanets. There's all kinds of objects in our solar system but when you get these really dense ones, really rocky bodies, these tends to be in areas where there's more likelihood of collision. With rounds where there's these big gas giants, there's less likelihood. And so one contribution the study made was actually modeling these extreme giant impacts and seeing what happens when you smash these two gas giants together. Now, what they found is that it would actually end up removing a lot of the lighter atmosphere and the water ice from the larger planet in order to reduce and get down density of the object. Now what they found is the initial planetary body would likely to create TOI 1853b would have likely to have been water rich and it would have had to be impacted by something massive, a giant impact of a speed greater than 75 kilometers in a second. If you combine these two things that would give the right combination to end up with a super dense and super large planet just like we see TOI-1853b. This is important because it's an example of how we use this smashing things together simulation software to actually explain what we see out there in the universe. It provides a bit of evidence for why we have so many giant impacts and formation planets throughout our galaxy. It helps us understand how systems like our solar system that exoplanets form and gives us an idea of what we can see in these more extreme planets and how they'd be more likely to occur. So when things smash together they can accrete in ways that wouldn't necessarily we would expect. In this case we end up with a gas giant but the size, planet size of a gas giant that's super dense like heavier than steel. This unusual circumstance could only have been created by smashing things together with a water rich at a very high speed. That is a powerful collision indeed. A paper published in the journal Nature with lead author Luca Napaniello and others from the University of Bristol and the University of Rome. Collisions aren't the only thing that can happen in space to destroy a planet or a star. Though they do happen and are spectacular, what is actually probably more common 
something getting devoured or gobbled up. Now, black holes, as you might picture them from science fiction, are less some big terrifying vortex and more pills, but can still nevertheless consume a lot of stuff. And sometimes they're small, and sometimes they're large. That's what researchers from the University of Leicester with researchers from the UK Space Agency have been investigating. Now, in a galaxy far, far away, or relatively nearby, still called 2MASX, it's around 500 million light years away from the Milky Way. So, in terms of galactic scale, relatively close. In terms of solar system scale, super far away. So, don't get worried about this. But this particular galaxy, galaxy, there's a system named Swift JO23O, and this has got something pretty interesting at the centre of, of this galaxy. It was spotted for the first time using a new tool developed by the Neocahill Swift Observatory. Then they actually rapidly scheduled more observations of this particular area of interest and found that it was actually decaying. Not in a weird way that you would expect, but it would shine brightly for 7 to 10 days and then abruptly just switch off and then start shining remotely again and repeating this whole process every 25 days. This is kind of unusual because you don't normally see something turning on and off in such an unusual pattern. Now, some researchers have seen kind of like quasi-periodic eruptions periodic nuclear transients being ejected from a star, often when a star has its material ripped away by a black hole, as its orbit takes it close by. You get close to the black hole, huge amounts of stuff is shed, consumed by the black hole, then the orbit swings you away from it and you're safe, you have a reprieve. Then again, you get back close and then all of a sudden more eruptions occur. Now, sometimes you can have differences in how these eruptions might appear. They could be optical light. That's often a predominant way of explosion expressed, but it could also be other things like X-rays. In the case of Swift JO230, its emissions fall somewhere between the two, suggesting it was kind of a missing link between the two types of outbursts, an X-ray or an optical light event. So this is where modeling again comes in pretty handy for the researchers. They had two models proposed for the classes of events as a guide, and what they concluded is that this particular object in question, Swift J0230, represent a star of a similar size to our own sun, but it's in a highly elliptical orbit around a relatively small black hole at the centre of its galaxy. As the star's orbit takes it closer to the intense gravitational pull of the black hole, that star is taken bits off it, equivalent to around the mass of three Earths every time it swings past. This is wrenched from the atmosphere of that star, heated up as it falls into the black hole. This kind of intense heat causes a hell of a show. That intense heat around 2 million degrees Celsius releases a huge amount of X-rays, and that's actually what the Swift mission was picking up. Now, when researchers like Dr. Phil Evans the University of Leicester were investigating this, it's the first time they've seen a star, like a sun, not just being consumed, but repeatedly shedding and consumed by what is, 
though intents and purposes, a relatively low-mass black hole, or a small one. This kind of repeated partial tidal disruption events a type of new event that we now know can happen. And the discovering them is actually pretty easy, because you can see ones where they have an outburst every few hours, and then others where that orbital period is much, much longer, like a year or so. This one, which is in a month-long cycle, falls into a gap between the two. And it's pretty exciting to discover all the combinations of orbital mechanics and combinations of stars and black holes can yield into a pretty unusual event. Now, the consumption of a star by a black hole is nothing new, but for someone who's staring at data coming back in from telescopes, these kind of events give almost like a lighthouse effect, in a similar way to, say, quasars, that make it really cool for researchers to find something amongst the vastness of space. And when we find things like this, this case of Swift Jero 230, it's a great way to learn more about how things work in our universe. For example, if you want to think about the black hole involved in this, well, the researchers now have a new way using this transient hunting method to find more objects like that out there in the galaxy and the universe, because it estimates that that black hole in particular isn't that big. It's only around 10,000 to 100,000 times the mass of the sun. When you think about a black hole, that seems crazy huge, but actually compared to the supermassive black holes we normally find at the centre of galaxies, that's actually kind of small. Now, if you look at the black hole at the centre of our own galaxy, it's thought to be around 4 million times the mass of our sun, and that's a really small supermassive black hole. Most are in the realm of around 100 million solar masses. So one that's only 10,000 solar masses, that's a minnow by comparison. And using this transient detector mechanism on the satellite is pretty cool, because when an extreme event like an X-ray burst in a region of sky takes place, where there was previously no X-rays, well, that is often called a transient. And if you can see that frequently or periodically, that gives you a really cool way of trying to identify objects. This type of object would have otherwise been undetectable maybe 20 years ago, but once you have the right tools and know how to look for it in the data, a lot of research suddenly becomes possible, and that is pretty exciting. Now, that is something that people will have to learn to use more in this new tool being worked on by the UK Space Agency and others, including Dr. Phil from the University of Leicester. But it is a great mechanism for finding out smaller but more interesting black holes as they lurk across our universe, rather than just looking at the obvious big ones at the centre of galaxies. And not only that, this particular collision event can help us understand how a star behaves as it is slowly, piece by piece, bite by bite, consumed by a nearby black hole. This paper was published in the journal Nature Astronomy with lead author Bill Evans, another from the University of Leicester and the UK Space Agency. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. From super large planets getting smashed together to galactic devourings, this week we find out all kinds of cosmic collisions. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.